Happy Labor Day, Denver. Here's Noshan Moreno and Kyle Reese. Uh, Happy Labor Day, Denver, Colorado. Um, Listen, as we gear for the NFL football season, we want to know, can you beat the the fan host in the uh, the football pick'em? Matt Smith is currently in a sling from patting himself on the back for winning it all last year. Uh, if you have your BioFreeze or Asper Cream, you certainly can send that over to the Denver Tech Center. Uh, the winner gets $250 in King Super's gift cards, and you can receive groceries for a year as a grand prize. You can register now at denversports.com slash picks. I look forward to battling you all online during the football season and, uh, I need that grocery card, too, because I got two kids. Uh, I think Cecil is going to be in that contest as well. Yes, I am. He joins us now. That's one thing about hanging out in the 104.3 The Fan Studio. A lot of people walk in. We are joined by Cecil Lemmy, who just came from Broncos practice. Yes, sir. And it uh, it's, it's Monday. It's right. Monday. It's Labor Day. Yeah, it's I Labor mean. Day. But the Broncos, they're, they're practicing out there. They're getting ready. And we had open locker room for the first time in a long time since rookie minicamp, top of my head. Um, and it was great to be in that environment because the podium is one thing. You get certain answers. Cortland Sutton was at the podium. He's going to give you the good answers, right? Like always, you know, it's just kind of what you expect. Locker room, you get a little bit more of the real talk. And my tip, and no, Sean, remember this, when I'd wander around and talk to him, I don't put my recorder out. Like, uh, I, just, I just talk to guys. I just want to talk. I just want to talk ball. Sometimes not about, like, football at all. Just usually about Jordans. It's kind of okay. my uh, <laughs> key card. You know, okay. I wore my Lady Liberty 10s today. Okay. So, tens on. yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a nice little, you know. Don't sit them down. I'm not a 10 point. guy. I'm not a 10 guy. They're actually really comfortable. I only have right. two pairs of 10s. I have the ones with the 45 on them. Um, cause I collect the ones where he had the, like the Johnny Kilroy nines with the number nine on the back. Okay. So I collect the ones that, uh, well, I collect them all, yeah. but <laughs> my, my, my tens are the bulls over Broadway. Okay. The all red. Yes. And, yeah, yes. Yeah. Those are beautiful. It, it's a beautiful shirt. And they're comfortable. They're not my favorite. I only have two pairs of them, but they are comfortable. And, and with Jordan's. You're going to take that because, like, ones, yeah. I've had, I think I have 37 pairs of ones. None of them are comfortable. Yeah, I mean, it was in 1985. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, right. The technology, technology just, wasn't just great wasn't back there. there, those flat shoes. But so, that's kind of my card key into, like, talking to y'all. Unless I've talked to you at the Senior Bowl or something like that. It's just getting to know guys again. And it's, it's great to be back in that locker room to talk to these young players on this team. It's an exciting time of year, obviously. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what did, what grade did you have on No Sean coming out of college? Though? I had first round grade. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, right answer. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. First round grade, Georgia back. That is How are you going to go funny. wrong with Georgia back, man? What? I've loved you all, Georgia back, since probably like Rodney Hampton because I'm old. So like Rodney Hampton, Garrison Hurst back yeah. in the day, you mm-hmm. know, like it's a Georgia back. So you got to love, and of course TD, who we all love, dear that friend. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I didn't even put my papers in to know what round I would go in. So thank you for. Putting that word out there for me, I guess. Yeah, you put yeah. that word out there. Hey, he's the number one back. Get him. Well, and the thing about, you know, Sean, is everyone knew that you could do it all. And really, that's mm. kind of what today's back needs to be mm. because the days of the guys who could just pound it between the tackles, those are a little bit gone. Derrick Henry notwithstanding. But now, when you can be multiple, and that's what I love about football yeah. is, and I think about this with quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks did we miss out on as football fans? Because the NFL wasn't caught up yet. You know yeah. what I mean? What if they would have looked at a Christian McCaffrey or a No Sean Moreno and be like, just run it all the time? Like, 
No, you got to use the hands. You got to use the, you know, as weapons, receiving weapons. So now backs are thought of like that. But it wasn't that long ago when teams were too stubborn to think like, oh, positionless football. A guy's like a, a weapon. He's not. He's a running back, but he's an OW. He's an offensive weapon. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't want to answer the question for you, and I have an idea who you will say. Okay, but who is that for the Broncos this year? Jaleel McLaughlin. Ah, Word? Yeah, Jaleel McLaughlin. You just, you just slid over P. Ron yeah. and, and Williams? And I'm going to say this, and I don't want to get everyone overly excited, <laughs> but I am an overly excited type of person. Y'all okay. know that Have about me. Go ahead. Jaleel McLaughlin is probably going to get 25% of the touches in this backfield. Uh, I believe so. He's just so different. Like, Samaje will do his thing, and mm-hmm. God bless. I loved Samaje when he beat up on Kansas with those eight touchdowns back at OU, right? Oh, 300 boy. yards, whatever. Like, And Javante was my number one back over Najee Harris when he came out of North Carolina. So I have a healthy respect for both of those two gentlemen, but they're power backs, right? And Javante's a better receiver than people give credit for, and Samaje's worked on that part of his game. But Jaleel McLaughlin is a slot receiver. You can run Texas routes. You can run wheel routes with him. Like, he could line up as a receiver if you needed him to, and he'd get open. He's got explosiveness. And the great thing that I love is he's an inside-out runner. It's what scouts call inside-out runner. And I've always said, you get a smaller back, they love to take it to the corner store, right? Just give me in space. I'm going to go take it to the outside all the time. No, no, no. What made Philip Lindsay special is he was an inside-out runner. He's a smaller guy, but he's going to go inside Second level, break it outside. That's what the best backs do, and you see that with Jilla McLaughlin. You did it naturally, mm-hmm. but you also were a, a good-sized running back, right. right? You had power and speed. Jaleel's a smaller back, tons of speed, but he's intent as a runner, and yeah. I think that could make him special because defenders are going to be like, he's just bouncing outside, and it's like, no, he's, he's mm-hmm. cutting it inside on you. Now, Sean, how much of that is natural ability and how much of it is coaching? I, I, I know sometimes running backs kind of – get boxed in by their coaches by saying, hey, for the first three yards, you do what I tell you, and then after <laughs> that, you do what makes you special, right? How much of that uh, that second-level stuff comes natural, and how much of it is just something that's coached up? Yeah, it has to come naturally at some point. Um, yeah, you have your, your aiming points and where you need to be going towards um, when, the, when the play begins, but then you guys just let it loose and, and let your natural ability just take over. Um, I, I don't necessarily like a guy that would bounce it all the time. You know, I mean, you got to be able to stick your nose in there for the hard two, hard three. And sometimes, you know, that's not going to be there. Then you bounce it out and, and, and then try to take it to the house, you know. Um, but I love to hear that you say he's an inside out first. Right. You know, inside runner first. And then he has that speed to be able to bounce it on the outside. Yeah, so he's not afraid of that contest or anything. Like. And Mark Schliff always said, you block it for TD, you block it for three, you'd get you five. Right. You know, you block it for one, he'd get you three. So those tough yards are what it's all about. Exactly. And I feel like when I think about the, the smaller backs, yeah, I'm sure that he has that grit and has that attitude to be able to pound it in between the tackles. Um, but I just start thinking about pass protection. Now, is he a third down back? Can you... Well, are we able to keep him in there on third downs and be able to pick up a, a linebacker 250 coming downhill? I think uh, he's got a lot of want to in that department. I can't say for sure that his pass right. protection is where it needs yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah. Clinton Portis, 1,500-yard rusher as a rookie with these Denver Broncos, didn't start until week six because <laughs> the first four weeks and then the fifth week he kind of got going. Mike Shanahan wanted to see him pass block. Right. So you got to do that. It's got to be part of your game. That's what will be key. I think Jaleel McLaughlin's going to play a larger role. I can't say anything from practice, but just <laughs> it's just it's too tempting, right? You need explosion. You got a couple guys who could do that. Marvin Mims is one kid special, and then Jaleel McLaughlin, man alive. Okay.
He looks special, too. How much of that is you taking into account the history of Sean Payton as a play caller and his own creativity? Mm -hmm. Uh, Creativity. And the great thing about Sean Payton is just can you play? Can you play? And I've even stopped, for me personally, at DenverSports.com, I've stopped writing undrafted Jaleel McLaughlin. He's the Broncos running back now. When you get here, you're here. And I used to say in in my 20-year anniversary of covering this team professionally, and I remember I used to be on the air, and I'd be like, this guy sucks, that guy sucks, this guy sucks. And then Mark Schlereth would always tell me, it'd be like, during commercial, it'd be like, Cecil, Cecil, you, you get here, you don't suck. And I was like, yeah, but the guy sucks. Like, Aaron Brooks sucks or whatever. Um, apologies to Aaron Brooks. But anyway, like, I, I think when you get here and you've proven that you can play like Jaleel can, now do the next step. Prove it in a regular season. But that's the nice thing about Sean Payton. Not only is he creative as a play caller, but he's also, you know, he's not beholden to his draft picks or his guys or the previous regime's draft picks. Like, eh, but what? That guy can flip the field. That guy can take it 80 yards of the house. Guess who's playing? That guy. So that's what I love about Sean Payton. I, I think there's, you know, I would lean into what Schlera said, and, and a lot of times it's around the right situation that you land in. Fit. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the fit. Uh, I think about Christian McCaffrey going to Stanford. That's the only place in the country that he would have been able to accomplish that at. <laughs> yep. Um, so so you got to land in the right place. Did, did McLaughlin land in the right place here? I think he landed in the right yeah. place, and it's part of the reasons why he picked this place as well. And for people wondering why he kept the number 38, because there were some number changes today we'll get to. The reasons why is he wore 10 in high school, he wore 20, and he didn't do this intentionally. He was just given the number 38. But as he thought about it, and this is a sign, this is the universe talking to you right here, 10 in high school, 20 at Notre Dame College of Ohio, and then 8 at Youngstown. Add that up, it's 38. Man, hopefully it adds up to a great rookie season. No, Sean, I want to get a few thoughts on running backs and what the first week of an NFL season preparation is like. We'll do that on the other side. Cecil Lammy, No, Sean Moreno, Kyle Reese, 104.3 The Fan. We'll be back. Happy Labor Day, Denver. Here's No, Sean Moreno and Kyle Reese. Tell me what you really like. Baby, I can take my time. We don't ever have to fight. Just take it step by step. I can see it in your eyes. Cause they never tell me lies. I can feel that body shake. And the heat between your legs. Yeah. You've been scared of Leading nominee for the worst halftime show ever, The Weeknd. Which one was that? Was that? It was a forgettable one. That's why you're asking me which one it was. It was good, good and terrible. <laughs> um, What's the last good one anyway, though? I can't really. Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. You didn't see it because you were in the locker room. Kendrick. Kendrick. Yeah. I can't remember any of them right yeah. now. Yeah, Bruno Mars was it for me. He did a good job. Okay. Uh, I'm more of a J. Cole Justin. guy. We got any J. Cole? Jake yeah, like little child. Now listen, like, Sid, Sid will dial it up. I'm not worried about her edit. Not one bit. She, right. she, she's got she's got her uh, on the ones and twos. She's straight. Hey, listen, uh, the Bronco season is upon us. Uh, we have put the first weekend of college football behind us. I guess the second weekend since Notre Dame and Navy played in a really insignificant game last weekend. Um, and the Broncos are preparing to host the Raiders. And what many on the text line would say is the biggest rivalry in town of the weekend they're preparing for Josh Jacobs. Sounds like Jimmy Garoppolo. No, Sean, what is this game like to prepare for? And uh, does that rivalry mean anything to you coming from Georgia by way of New Jersey? Yeah, that's the funny thing, right? Um, 
right, listen, growing up, honestly, I didn't watch much football. Um, I watched it on the weekends when I, we would go over to my buddy's place and he would put the Giants on because they were all Giants fans. And I didn't root for the Giants because they all were liking the Giants. And I, I got to go against the grain. I, I don't like to go with everyone. You know what I mean? I got to be a little different than everyone else. So I would root for the Raiders, which is actually pretty funny. I was rooting for the Raiders at the time. You realize what you just did to yourself. Bro, I was in <laughs> high school. I was in high school. I liked Janikowski, the kicker. No. I loved him. Nope. For some reason. I was like, big body guy, yeah. could kick it a mile. Right. Yeah. I'm going with him. Okay. You know what I mean? So I, I went with them. Um, where was I even going with that? You know, you got me all flustered with, I, the, I, with I, the Raiders. You know I did what? like the Raiders. At the, uh, I was just going against the grain. Okay. All right? That's all it was. Okay. But um, and then going to Georgia, I didn't know much about the rivalry of Georgia. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't know. I just, I love the school. I love the atmosphere. I love the coaches. Uh, I saw that place being somewhere I can go. If I wasn't playing football, I can get a great education and go to that school. I loved it down there. I didn't know that they had this Florida rivalry, Tennessee, the, you know, the Auburns. I didn't know what it was, I was getting myself into. I, I, I recognized and found that out real quick. Okay, you know what I mean. I would say the same thing for. NFL rivalries. I didn't know much going on. You know what I mean? But you'll you'll find out real soon, um, especially your um in what in conference rivals, um, you know, with the Raiders and you the know, Chiefs, the Chiefs yeah. Chargers, well, and the things Chargers like that. Good when you were playing, they were okay. They were decent. They were the they back were end of, of, of Rivers. Right. Yeah. yeah. But um this is back when the Raiders were playing at that baseball stadium still. I oh. that. No, that no, no, was... no. It wasn't a baseball stadium, <laughs> Cecil. It was a penitentiary. Like, you, when you get off the BART, right? I used to go out there for those games. I had a friend who stayed in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You get off the BART and you walk across that bridge, there's not a blade of grass within three <laughs> miles of that stadium. Yeah. Wow. It, it is straight fencing. Barbed wire and concrete, mm-hmm. and that's what that rivalry is. Yeah. See, so it, you say it's all business down there at uh, Centura. Are we still call it Centura. Well, Centura's changing their name, so I don't know if they're going to change okay. the signage out there. But yes, yeah, CHTC Centura Health Training Center, and it is all business. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton this morning on Zoom, all business. Even when they're talking about his buddy Jimmy Buffett passing, it was still all business, right? Yeah. And talking about this rivalry, all business. Talking about, hey, what are you? Did you watch CU? Oh no, next. Like it just all business. And then you go out there, and we don't get to see much in practice. They're stretching everybody. Like, okay, I saw Russell Wilson stretch. It looked great. <laughs> but in the locker room, you could tell there was a sense of like, we understand what this game means. We understand what we need to do. And even the young cats, I talked to Marvin Mims, he said that it was spoken about, like, what this rivalry with the Raiders means. And if we just flash back, and I'm good to, you know, put last year in the past, but if we just flash back to last year with Nathaniel Hackett being like, oh, was, I wasn't here, well, you know, it's I'm not a, my dad coached for the Raiders. Like, what? No, you got to hate the Raiders. And it seems like these young cats, it's been spoken to them about it, and they understand you know, kind of the weight of this game. Yeah, I'm won six straight times. Raiders have beat you six straight times. The final game of the Oakland Raiders was a Broncos win. But since they've become the Las Vegas Raiders, the Broncos have not beaten them. Hmm. That's supposed to change coming up on Sunday. Uh, and see, I wonder who in the locker room is leading that charge because there's not a whole lot of people left associated with winning that particular game, right? Six games is three seasons. Yes. Right? So Justin Simmons knows a little bit about it. Right. Kareem Jackson has been here for three years, so no. Right? Uh, who's Court, leading the charge? Yeah. So you've got a few players, right, that, that would lead the charge. But I think the coaching staff is leading the way. And with Sean Payton, I can't name the player, 
but we'd seen at practice there was a play that was made and everyone was excited on the offense about making the play. The defense was excited to tell them, no, if this was a real game, you wouldn't have made that play. Sean Payton stepped into this very well-known player and was like, hey, this is what we're doing. And he wasn't mean to him. He wasn't yelling at him. But he just controlled that moment in practice. This was a week or two ago where it's like, hey, this is why we're doing it. This is the reason why, you know, you guys can chirp all you want, but this is the business that we're conducting. Act like a pro. So it's Sean Payton kind of leading the way for everyone. I feel like, is it every division game, though, a rival game? Because it's in your own division? I mean, how do you I, define a rivalry if you haven't beat them in six straight times? Mm-hmm. Like, Denver's on the opposite side of it, man. I they can get it. They got to get it right. Get it. They got to get it right. They got to get a win. And that's when you can start saying rivalry. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Josh Jacobs, contain him. Max Crosby, do something about those tackles. Help out, you know, Russell Wilson, get rid of the ball quickly. Run the ball consistently. Like, these are the plans for the Denver Broncos to get back on track in front of that home cooking at Empower Field at Mile High. Tell us a little bit more about the matchup because we were starting to see the puzzle being pieced together throughout mm-hmm. the preseason in terms of how he used his tight ends. Right. In terms of uh, the screen game being incorporated. Yes. Uh, there's four receivers on this roster, three healthy ones. How does this look uh, come week one? Lots of tight ends. Okay. Lots of running backs <laughs> out of the Let's play those guys. Screen passes, draw plays, lots of tight end work. And, you know, I, I think you'll see a little Jordan Humphrey called up, and then there's your other guy that's healthy for now. Okay. And there will be some deep shots. The nice thing about this Peyton system, it's 2021 Saints with Jameis, which was really good, by the way, with Jameis coming off the 30-for-30 30 30 season. He was good under Sean Payton until he got hurt. Besides the 30 interceptions, I was balling. Exactly. <laughs> he was doing good things. Um, and I think on the flip side, I don't want to get too nerdy on you, but there's attempted air yards per target. It's not air yards per target. That's actually what you did. But you're attempted, even on the incompletions. Derek Carr was number four in the league. Jimmy Garoppolo was like 35th not even among starters when the last time he had played consistently as a starter. So now you're taking Devontae Adams, who doesn't want to be there, Jimmy Garoppolo, who can't throw deep, Josh Jacobs, who's just coming on in two weeks, you know, can you get in football shape in two weeks, no, Sean? Like, maybe the answer is yes, but maybe the answer is no. So, like, you have this discombobulated Raiders team, so I think you could take advantage of that, especially with this aggressive Vance Joseph defense. No, Sean? Yeah, I mean, two weeks. Can you get in shape? Two weeks. (laughs) You're staying away. You didn't want to be there. Know about that? They give you a little bump and pay, and now you got to go. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And by look at the the Raiders roster, man, it ain't ain't many guys that look super special. You know what I mean? Yeah, Darren Waller's not there anymore. He was special. He went and got that money. Yeah, Yeah. man. I mean, it's definitely a capable game um, to win. I think it's going to be a close game, but an ugly game, like a twenty-three twenty something like that. Broncos win. But what I've alerted Broncos fans to this season is you're going to win a bunch of close ones. So get that, maybe maybe not on the Red Bull, you know, the energy <laughs> drinks. Like, get your heart ready. You're going to get tested yeah. this year. And who, who are we going to, who, who's going to bring us to that close victory? Is it going to be Russ bringing us across the finish line? Or is it going to be the kicker? A kicker or somebody. I think they the close line. it out with Javante. I think Javante is your starter. Offense. But he's also your closer. Okay. okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Listen, at this point... Having been starved of seven seasons out of the playoffs, having beat the Raiders in six, and we don't want to even count. I, I need to take my shoes off how many times it's been <laughs> since they beat the Chiefs. I think Bronco fans will take it by hook or by crook. Cecil, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you coming in. Appreciate you. Uh, man, we'll talk more Broncos on the other side. Happy Labor Day, Denver. Here's Noshan Moreno and Kyle Weiss.
immediate insight from Cecil. I remember listening to Cecil and pounding my steering wheel and yelling at the radio. <laughs> Cecil, as far as scouting, there's nobody better in the state. Nobody better. He, he knows college football and the prospects in and out. Like you said, he got the first-round grade on you, right? So, um <laughs> Appreciate him for stopping in for a couple segments, talking about the Broncos' upcoming matchup with the Raiders and just the vibe around the locker room, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of questions to be answered. And we talked about it a little bit earlier. We're talking about the similarities between the, what do I say, confidence, borderline arrogance, that both coaches, being Coach Prime and uh, Coach Sean Payton, they seem to speak with. They they are really confident about what they can do, what they bring to the table, and what their teams are going to do when the, when the lights come on there. Yeah. You mind that? No, I don't mind at all. Um, they have the track record to back that up. They have the experience to back up their arrogance, if that's what you want to call it, or their confidence. So I call I, it that. You call I it like, what you want. I call I, it. I like it confidence. Yeah, okay. I like it confidence. Okay. I like confidence. I don't yeah. know who said it, but people do say that. It can. It, uh, listen, you know? listen. It, it, it's right on the edge, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you talk for two. You talk for ten more seconds. It'll be arrogant. <laughs> I just, you know, right. But I like it. I enjoy it. Um, like I said, they have the track record to do so. Um, and I mean, so far, Dion has his team on the right path. So hopefully, Sean Payton. We'll be able to do the same with the Broncos, so I'm excited for this game. We call it, we can call a rivalry, whatever you want, um, but it's that next game. It's it's the real deal, Holyfield now. So um, now it's, uh, it's put up or shut up. Let's let's get out there and let's get this victory. That's all that matters. Yeah, uh, and we all know the infamous interview with Jared Bell uh, just in July, calling this the worst job or the worst coached team. I'm paraphrasing and killing it. In NFL history, hmm. referring to Nathaniel Hackett. And, and listen, he wasn't wrong, but he said it. In history, though, I mean, the Browns had a lot of bad seasons, <laughs> right? I, now, like I said, I don't keep up with too much. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. But the Browns had like seven seasons, six seasons where no, they ain't win no, nothing. No, you're right. You're right. You're the, the, the Browns uh, and, and Detroit went 0-16, and Tampa yeah. Bay had a really bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, I think all things considered, those teams had a lack of talent as well. Right, not you only as coaches. You get the first round pick every year. So what, Tim Couch? Are you telling me Tim Couch was? <laughs> <laughs> what you telling me? <laughs> so what? I mean, but dang, you had to have some talent. Yeah, 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 on yeah that but team. you pick Tim Couch. You pick Johnny Manziel. You pick Brady yeah, Quinn. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I, you, I, you know, that's my dude. But I, I, listen, but, ain't nothing wrong with Brady. Right. He just he was hmm. a probably a, a more backup quarterback. Yeah, that picks was a little suspect, I guess. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, listen, yeah. yeah. But you it. feel what I'm saying. Yeah. So it wasn't a team that had – I don't think we're talking about any Browns teams that had a nine-time Pro, Pro Bowler at quarterback. That's true. That's <laughs> true. I'm trying Perspective to is important, my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, but, but Sean Payton hasn't been shy about calling those, bringing those things to the forefront. And uh, he didn't back away from those comments and – you know, he kind of backtracked him after right. the article came out. But uh, it, it sounds like he believes that there was a, what do I want to call this? An injustice done by this team last year. Mm. And that could be the case. But like I said, I, I, I personally can't put all the blame on Hackett. It was so much going on. Yeah, he's the, the face of the team 
when it comes to the coach. So, of course, they're gonna you're gonna put a lot on his shoulders when it comes to how the Broncos looked last year. So, understandably, but it wasn't just him. I can't put it all on him, but it looked bad. But I'm tired of talking about last year. Really, I mean, what I would like Sean Payne to do if they keep on, you know, if some a question comes up about Hackett and last season about you know this and that, I'm just like, listen, this is different season. I'm not answering any more questions about how Hackett handled it last year, um, how different situations were handled last year. Now it's a it's a new sheriff in town. Um, we, we're not doing it that way. So next question. That's what I want to see him do, but. It is what it is. We're going to see. We're going to see if it was if it was just the coach or if it was a little bit of the players. I mean, um, the turnover last year, yeah, we don't have that many of the same players. So I understand that. But we're going to see. We're going to see how this season goes. And it starts with this first game versus the Raiders. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if they can get past that, what, five wins? <laughs> Six five wins, wins, man. Yeah, five. Five and We'll five see if they can get over that home. Five and 12. Mm. I was expecting like more like an eight, um, uh, eight win season, but it didn't change for me for the same thing this year. I'm, I'm seeing maybe around eight, um, maybe nine if you can sneak out nine somewhere. Um, but people are talking about playoffs again. I hear that a little bit. I'm not. I'm not jumping on that bandwagon yet. You got to prove. You have to prove That's it to me. That's not crazy talk, no, Sean. Stop that. It's it, not crazy talk. It's crazy talk. Prove it to me. Prove it then. Just prove it. That's all you got to do, right? What Deion say? Hey, keeping those receipts. And do you believe now? This I want to be. I want to be one of those people that you're talking to later on the season, where it's like, do you believe now? No. Say it. If you hey, listen, you might want to cut this up because in January, me and No Sean to be sitting here like right after the New Year, and we uh, listen. And what they they make the playoffs? That's hey, what you feel. I just when I said that's not crazy talking, you said it was crazy talk. We just gonna play that clip. Play that clip, baby. So that's that's nine plus wins. I think you got to get to ten at at least, right? Hey, Especially bro. in this division, because I, I, right. I would, you know, barring injury, the Chiefs are probably going to win the division again. Justin Herbert just got his money, right? right. So yeah, I wouldn't. And, and I, listen, I know the text line is going to light up. If you don't enjoy watching Justin Herbert playing football, you don't enjoy football mm. because he's he's a true gunslinger, and uh, and he deserved to get paid the way he did. They have a promising pass rush out there, so the Chargers aren't going to be a sleeper, mm-hmm. right? So, at best, you're a wild card. Yeah, you got to get through this division first, yeah. right? That's so, what's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like I said, eight, eight, maybe nine, baby. Okay, Ooh. okay, new sheriff, new system, uh, a new lease on life for Russell Wilson. I, I think he's going to have a little help from his friends. The roster has been cut down. I want to hear from you, No, Sean, what you think, or, or, or more so about what this time of year is like when it's cut down time. You've been with guys for a few months. You actually get, learn to like guys. Sometimes uh, probably you, you can't wait for some guys to go. <laughs> what this time of year is like and uh, what you think of the Broncos roster now that the 53 has come into focus. We'll be back on the other side. It's 104.3 The Fan. Happy Labor Day, Denver. Here's Nishan Moreno and Kyle Reese. This is coming in from Mike970. 
Broncos versus Raiders is bigger than CU versus Nebraska because the Broncos play the Raiders twice a year. I guess if you do the math, you are absolutely correct. I think there is something to be said about the pageantry of college football. The colors even. This is the black and gold. Man, like the that. colors mean something, man. It's kind of like yeah, I kind of missed that in high school a little bit because I feel like that's gone away a little bit. Just the inner city, the games, man, your colors mean something, your letterman jacket and and it's just it's just not the same as when I was in high school, but I'm not going to take you down nostalgia lane and the good old days back when we used to catch the bus to school. It's just it's over. Put it good old days. Yeah, yeah. Was it like that for you in high school? You, you, oh yeah. You guys had crosstown rivals. You had packed gyms for basketball games. Yes, for sure. Yeah. The winner um, got the girls. <laughs> you hit a you hit a core with that uh, the Letterman jacket. You know you had to okay. have that Letterman jacket on, baby. Ooh, walking around with that jacket on. You're like, yeah. I'm a part of the team. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you wasn't, man, these are my colors. Yeah, this right. is my school. And yeah. we came over here to Wax Show. I love it. I, I think there's I think there's something to be said about that. But surely there is no love lost between the Broncos and Raiders who square off this coming Sunday. That is a two twenty five kick at Empower Field. It is a matchup of quarterbacks that have something to prove. Doggone coaches who have something to prove. Yeah. Got players that still have something to prove, even though they have been through the rigors of a NFL training camp. The Broncos roster is now complete. Um, got a few injured players on it. But to take us back into that locker room around this time of year when there was guys where you didn't know if they would be here tomorrow. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a, it's a crazy time of year when it comes to, you know, the cuts and the waving um, of players and things of that nature. It's just a, a difficult time because, like you said, you know, you might be having, you know, breakfast with a guy or lunch with a guy, and then all of a sudden you turn around and he's gone. You know, so it was definitely a difficult time of year. But, you know, once you get that team, um, your team set and the 53 is set, um, it starts to come together. It all starts to – the picture starts to come into focus a little bit better. Um and you can shift your focus to an actual team, another team there, you know what I mean? A, a team that you're either going to them or they're coming to you, um, that you can actually finally hit someone different. You know what I mean? You're not just going against your team the whole time. You know, you're like, all right, now I can go out there and smack someone. I can switch my focus to um, an actual game plan, gaming for planning for, for the team that's coming about, that you're about to play. And that excitement of, Executing the game plan, man, because, you, you know, you're going to turn on that tape and see different ways that you can expose that team and put some numbers on the board. So um, I feel like that was a great, uh, exciting time where it's like, all right, we got a game plan together. You're going through the whole week of practice and you're like, all right, this is my number. Did they call my number on this one? All right, I'm about to I'm going to show out when they when they call this play, you know, so um, that's all gravy. And, and it's the real deal. You know, what I mean, it's no more playing around. It's like, hey. This is the real deal. What is this team really about? Um, and where are we going to be, you know, September, October, you know, November, and things of that nature? Where, What kind of team are we? And we're going to find out real soon what kind of team the Denver Broncos are. Um, it's no more playing around. So um, it, it's a good time. It's a good time just to um, get back to the football and, and, and put some wins on the board, you know. Who, who did you make your pro 
regular season debut against. You remember Ooh. that game? Ooh. I'm going to see. We got to look stuff up like that. <laughs> I don't be rem- I don't remember. They, you know, there are so, some guys that are like encyclopedias, right? I know. I don't yeah. get how guys are able to do that. Like, I, I talked to my, um, my buddy, my guy Ben Jones, you know, played for the uh, Titans, but he played at Georgia. You feel me? And we had the podcast last week, and he was talking about, because we were talking about uh, the Georgia-Florida game. Okay. Because we were talking about, you know, the Swap Kings and all that stuff. And he remembers the exact play that we ran, that first play of the game where, you know, Spikes had hit me in the backfield. But he knew exactly what play was called, who missed the block, you know what I mean, uh, what time it was on the clock. This <laughs> going new. I'm like, how do you remember that? He's like, I remember every game. So it's hard for me to remember back. And then that had me start that started making me think about the first game I played at Georgia, and it was versus Oklahoma State. So I had to go back. I looked at I watched almost the whole game. I was like, let me see how I was in my Didn't first game. None of that. Yeah, because I remember like two plays from that game that that I that I ran. But once you I throw on the film and I started watching, I was like, oh okay, I remember what happened on this play. I remember da 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 da. But just coming off the dome like that, I don't remember. But. A few um, hundred football games in, it's kind of easy yeah. to let that fall into the recesses of your mind, I think. I don't know how guys do it, but um, it was definitely nerve-wracking. I bet I, I know that. And then you got those jitter flies, your first NFL game, and, you know, coming out that, that, that tunnel, you know what I mean? And you're like, bro, I'm really here. I'm in the NFL right now. I'm about to go out there and show out. So that's what I was feeling at the time. I think of a guy like you, first-round pick, right? And it's... You're going to make the team, right? You're on the team. But we've got a guy like Jaleel McLaughlin, who was a, first of all, an NCAA record holder in most rushing yards, okay? Mm. Played at Youngstown State. And for a lot of football traditionalists, that is the mecca, right? Ohio, right? It's a mecca of football. Mm. But he's an undrafted guy, right? And he's one of the most exciting people that we are talking about on the right. team because what he can, produ- can produce on the offensive side of the ball in terms of change-up, match-up, mismatch, speed, all these things. We're like, man, I can't wait to see what Sean Payton is going to do with him, right? right. Are, you, are you excited about seeing what this new-look offense is going to look like? Yes, I definitely am. I mean, we do have a couple injuries there on the offense that, um, of course, you don't want to see. But I, mean, I am still excited. I am excited for Javante Williams to get back from his injury and see how he looks out there. I know he's excited to get back out on the field to help his team and to get back to that grind. And like you said, a Jaleel, a guy that um, came from where he came from, and now he's on his team, undrafted. You feel me? I mean, you got to know that he has a chip on his shoulder. He has that confidence just, just oozing out of him. And I know he can't wait to get out there to show, okay, y'all ain't want to draft me. All right, bet. Well, let me show you. And it's going to set him up well in the future if he can just keep up and do, keep on doing what he's done in the in the, um, training camp, um, in those preseason games. And now let's just um, do the same thing for, for these regular season games. So I'm definitely excited to see him. I was so glad when Cecil came in because he talked about being able to connect with players off the record, right, and, and being able to talk to guys in the locker room. There's so much that you learn about them. There's not a player in the NFL that doesn't have some adversity, some story, something that they've overcome in order to be where they're at. Uh, Angela McLaughlin is just hes just another chapter in the Broncos' hi- history book. It's just an amazing 
this guy was sleeping in the back of his Ford Focus. Mm. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, it's it's. Did, did you have a? Do you remember a teammate like that? That was kind of the rags to riches story. You said it yourself, man. That it's every guy has their own story. So nothing right now just comes. Um, nothing at the moment is jumping off the page. But every guy has a story. You know, what I mean, everyone has their little journeys that they go through. Either that's um, on the field or in their personal life. It's always going to be something that kind of fuels you to move you forward to to keep you moving forward. So um, I didn't know that about Jaleel, man. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a. You see that all come to a head. You you mentioned Brian Dawkins earlier. I got some funny stories about Brian <laughs> Dawkins, by the way. Um, and the energy just being unleashed prior to a game. That's really just all of that boiling over, right? You hear about his story, and his he's been very open about his years where he abused alcohol, right, and overcoming that, and now being pretty righteous. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You see all of that manifest itself at the beginning of games. So, oh, man, the excitement is... It's palpable for sure. We'll talk about that. More Broncos talk, more NFL talk. Obviously, we've got a great, great matchup coming up on Thursday night as the Chiefs and the Lions open up the NFL season. It's a football Monday. It's a great Labor Day. And uh, we'll bring it back together on the other side of the break.